0: The views and opinions expressed on WXOJLP are solely those of the original hosts of their respective programs. These views and opinions do not necessarily represent those of Valley Free Radio Incorporated, its volunteers, or any other hosts, guests, or programs on this station.
1: Due to the ongoing pandemic and to follow social distancing guidelines, this episode of Civil Politics was pre-recorded over Skype.
2: Hello, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP, 103.3 FM of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm Michael Dow, hosting tonight. I'm joined by Sue Timberlake and John Roberts. Hello. Hello. And we're here to talk about, well, a whole bunch of things. There's an awful lot to cover this week, and we'll try and uh, actually have interesting and useful things to say about all of it. It's a challenge. So uh, (laughs) we love to hear from our listeners, so we hope you might consider getting in touch with us. And here are a few ways you can do so. You can email us, uh, civilpoliticsradio at valleyfreeradio.org. Facebook.com slash civilpoliticsradio is our community there. And at civilpoliticsfm is how you tweet at us if you like Twitter. And also, you can check out civilpoliticsradio.com, which is our personal dedicated website, which has uh, links to previous episodes of the show, links to the things we talk about, supplemental recording episode recordings that we've done, and uh, also our dedicated uh, news search using only trusted news sources that we've all approved. So, it's an awful awful lot to offer, actually, I think. Um, So, Quick uh, thing getting us started, just did you guys see that actually really engaging and effective uh, like 30-second television spot Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez did endorsing Ed Markey?
0: I saw it on regular TV, yeah.
1: I actually haven't seen it yet. Um, But I just, uh, you guys just told me about it, so I'm probably gonna watch it after the show. But it looks, I watched a couple seconds, looks pretty slick.
2: Yeah, well I I have been watching a lot of regular TV with my mom. So yeah, so I I I've, I've seen it. And yeah. Oh, it, and
0: you're in the Boston market right now, right? Oh
2: yeah, so uh we're we're getting saturated. So yeah. It's nice it's to good. see something simple and effective and positive uh in in elections. And I I really like the the tagline uh I can't remember exactly what it was, but it's but she, some actually, it was addressing one of your perennial pet peeves genre, which is about how at some point people who are getting on in years should maybe step down from political office and mm-hmm. and let a younger generation that's more in tune with current issues uh, uh, do the job. Mm-hmm. So,
0: yeah, she said it's not your age; it's the age of your ideas. I forget something like that. I may have just yeah it was pretty good. I I didn't realize he was a co-sponsor uh, of the Green New Deal. Oh yeah, I did. Yeah, I he did. he
2: was. He was
1: very into it. Uh he was he was one that was um heralding it heralded, blah, blah, blah in the Herald. Senate. He was yeah. one of the speakers that that like stood up for it in the Senate. Um so yeah, I mean it, it's that's why I say um there should be there shouldn't be an age limit. There should be a, uh, what's it called? Um, term limits? A term limit, yeah. I mean, I think that uh, people that are older can have good ideas and people that are Ooh, younger can you. be idiots. That's fine. Uh, it's just people that stay in office for 50 years.
0: That's, well, he has. I have He's been in since 72.
1: He's been Has in the Senate seven- since
0: seventy-two. No, he no, was a congressman. No, he was a congressman for years and years and years and years. Yeah, that's and years. fine. That's
1: what like yeah. that's why I say like there should be a term limit for each. And if you run out of the term limit on the on the in Congress the, or in the, on the as a rep, then run for Senate, I guess, if you want, because that's how term limits work. So, but yeah, I mean, plus. It, it it's just like biden and trump he's the better choice right now right <laughs> you can't just
0: go by age so well, but, oh sure but, I, but trump I, hasn't been in office anywhere for more than 4 years i know oh okay
2: <laughs> <laughs> i know and he shouldn't be in office now um but <laughs> it's, i mean if it's you, a bit like the Bechtel test it's a handy rule of thumb but it is not actually the like oh yes no i'm done thinking about this
1: you yeah know? it's a it's it's an interesting it's a it's a factor you can take into consideration and for me personally it is it is a larger factor but if I'm presented with a couple choices, one who is one person who has been in office since the 70s and the other one who has been in office since, you know, like the 2000s, but the person that's in office since the 2000s is not a good candidate, then I'm going to choose the other one.
0: You know. I guess we should let the voters decide.
1: Huh. Hmm. Well, there's that <laughs> or... The, pro- the other problem is that because someone is an incumbent for so long that people don't think they're like, whatever, it's this guy, you know, and, and nobody actually leaves. The thing is that nobody leaves. They they stay until they're like 90, and there, there has to be a balance between just letting the voters decide and trying to – force room for new people to actually try to run uh there are because you know if there's a long time incumbent they have uh, they've amassed of uh, like excuse me i almost said something i shouldn't say on the radio um they've amassed a lot of power a lot of money and a lot of connections and that makes it harder yeah. for uh for younger or for uh more um more progressive people to, to try and get in because the it's, it's just, I mean, then we have to talk about like campaign finance and everything, but still you have an incumbent, they have more power over the electorate and they have more, more ability to contact the electorate because they have like the post office and they can send mail for free out of their office
0: yeah franking privileges yeah, yeah that is I mean, a powerful that's, thing
1: that's an incredibly powerful thing and the and someone in an opponent does not have that they have to spend money on that sort of thing so having a term limit and and trying to just get people out of office um because it just just to make room is does, is very important
0: does the internet make up for that because now it's not what you get in the mail, it's what you get online. No. Does, it, does the internet equalize that somehow, balance the power? No. No. no nope. Not
1: at all. Because, one, uh, not everybody has the internet, uh, but everybody has mail. Um, and, two, so far, what's that?
0: it so far yes yeah, so far it country. might it
1: might maybe not everybody will have mail at some point but um every like no matter where you are currently you will get you will receive mail uh the internet is also fleeting and can be more expensive um and it really and plus like you're you're fighting for so for 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 eyes just on like fighting with people on Instagram or something and, and ad blockers and things like that. Um, So that it doesn't, it doesn't really, it's not as universal, you know?
2: It's also worth noting, it's also worth noting that any system you have uh, people with more resources can find more ways to exploit it. Yes. So, uh, you, you know, the, the internet can be a, a means, you know, sending email or getting the right viral ad in front of people. Uh, there are ways for for people to uh, uh, punch above their weight, is the term, you know, to to, mm-hmm. to to be to be like the Oakland A's in Moneyball, where they find a way that other people aren't looking at, and they are far more successful than you one would expect them to be given the resources they have available, but. Uh, you know, it's by no means guaranteed that uh, that that that'll that one will be able to find such a such a way of of progressing uh, of sorry of waging a campaign. And it's also worth noting. Uh, I've heard people make that comparison to you know the Oakland A's and Moneyball for uh, many different sorts of situations, including politics. And I think it's worth noting in all of that, that, you know, the one thing the Oakland A's never actually did with all their acumen and clever technical wizardry and finding ways to ring advantages that other teams were ignoring, the A's never actually won the world series out of all that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> so, well, that's destructive uh, competition, right? There's a breakthrough technology that, that sort of disrupts the way everybody else does it. So that's, that's, this country's kind of built on that a little bit. So Yeah. Interesting.
1: That's so you not great, you but that, you know <laughs> there's you issues there with be, disruption, especially you, in the tech you, sector. But
0: so you you think there should be rules to sort of get some of these old farts out of office? Yeah. They should change the rules to balance the scales a little bit. Make it a sporting event again. No.
2: Cause no, it's but, not. It's not a sporting event. I've been thinking about this a bit. As I, as I mentioned at the end of last week's show, cause I've been reading uh, The Storm Before the Storm by Mike Duncan, which is a book about the sort of the beginning of the collapse of the Roman Republic uh, in the generation or two before Julius Caesar came and basically drove a, drove a knife into it. <laughs> um, and one thing that was interesting to me is uh, the Roman Republic had various public offices And there were distinct term limits for all of them, usually like a year or so. And uh, there was sort of a course of a progression of offices that one might follow. And you know, you weren't supposed to hold uh, uh, important offices more than once, especially the most powerful office of consul. Like the idea of like serving as consul for more than one year was. you know, anathema to just the way things were done. It wasn't explicitly illegal, but it's just you don't do that. And you know, there's two consuls, and uh, always so like there's one that can always overrule the other, and and just as uh, uh, expediency demanded that people would ignore limits. You know, like there's an age limit for who for how old you you have to be before you can be consul, and you can't serve more than once, and. And so forth. And all of these interests in in effectively having, you know, solving the problem of the moment like, what are we going to do about that darn Spanish rebellion? Or, oh my God, the Carthaginians or whatever, you know, led them to be like, well, Agrippa's a good guy. I think he can get the job done. He's only 25, but we can make him consul now. Or, hey, Agrippa was a good guy. He did a great job handling that crisis 10 years ago. Let's make him consul again. And just bit by bit, it, you know, they they there was this slide into the absolute despotism of the empire, even though they still yeah, they called wrote it. it. Yeah, they wrote it the they, rules exactly, uh, and and the norms. And I mean, that's something we're seeing now with the Trump presidency. Is uh, well, and he, the Trump presidency is sort of the a uh, uh, full flowering of it. But for example. You know, it's not written down anywhere that there's a time limit for when the Senate has to consider a presidential nominee for the Supreme Court. So Mitch McConnell's like, well, since there's no time where we have to do it, we're not going to do it. We're just not even going to do it. So, eh. and, uh, you know, that's, that's that's not against the law, but it's that's not how it's done. You, you yeah. don't do it that way. Didn't think we needed to write down how long one should take to do something like that because what kind of jerk isn't going to actually do their job?
1: Yeah, this is Surprise. the yeah, this is the uh, like the issue that we're running into now because people are living longer and, and like and more people are living longer and they're able to be active in in uh, later later ages when they weren't able to when the Constitution was written. You know, like people lived long like they lived like into their 80s and everything back then. but the other thing was that because of the technology and because of the distance you had to travel and everything like that, people would serve in Congress for you know a little while and then go back to their farm. you know like that was the whole that was like the way that it was supposed to be. And be and that was just the expected way that people like were expecting like politics to be. Now it's different because people can be active and they can be um, working way into uh, old age and uh, like into their 90s and they can still be in office. It wasn't like this isn't like the way that the system was set up to handle things. It's just like different amendments. It's just like whatever. But that's what I'm saying. The... um, you know, if if Ed Markey, let's say that he is he was term limited and this is his final term, he couldn't run again. And we only had uh, Kennedy and someone else, then we can def- decide decide between those two. Uh, those would be new. There, it would be new blood and it would be uh, new ideas. Would they be better than his? I don't know. I don't know. But the thing is, if that was a planned thing, if people knew that there was a term limit, then there could also be someone being groomed for the next, for the next one. This, they, there could be a plan with the parties for who was going to take the seat. You know, I don't really, that's a whole other thing that I might have an issue with, but still. And this and the last thing I'll say is this, this whole thing with term limits, I always go back to... Barbara Boxer, um, the the previous senator from, from California. California. She was in office for so long that she basically was getting run on a... Po- like, everybody just kept voting for her. There were, they liked her. Yeah, I mean, they liked her, but she was, like, 86, you know? And she's been in office since the 80s. So... When like when I was when I was reading about her like her uh, running again like uh, like years ago, there there was this article about all these people that were basically waiting for her to leave office. Because they wouldn't have a chance to to run. Like when they ran ran against her, they would not have any chance because she had she had amassed so much power in in the electorate and everything. So people uh, ran for mayors, people ran for a, attorney general, people ran for governor. Like they they all just stayed in state politics. There was a logjam in people moving from state politics to federal politics. And we need to avoid that because we need people to enter into politics and do their time like it's the state level. And if they want to move forward with that, then they can go to the federal level. The state level, the state houses are our farm teams for our next leaders. So if you, if but if you want to have those new, if you want to have people that want to move from the state to the federal, then you need to get the other people out. Like a whole generation of people that are like Gen X or um, older millennials, they're just not going to be able to make their mark until, you know, now, like they're in their late 50s. They, that should be, they, that like the, it's just, it's just very frustrating.
2: You know, that's one of the reasons why, despite his horrible, you know, racism and slave ownership and whatnot, that I, I still have some real respect and regard for, for George Washington. Uh, You know, because he was the first president and he, he won reelection super easily and he could have Kept getting reelected until he decided he didn't want the job anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, and, and and actually, that is what he did. But he's like, okay, yeah, you know, I I I was the f- served two terms. That's that's good. I'm done. You know, like like setting the like. Well, uh, Lin Manuel Miranda wrote a great song about that in Hamilton. You know, like show them how to say goodbye. Like know that it's time to step aside and let other people do the job. It's not that Washington you know, had had gone senile or physically couldn't do the job anymore or whatever. You know, he was as capable in uh, 1796 as he had been in 1792. He just, it's like, I should stop. Think about Reagan
1: being president until like 1992. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Think about Clinton (laughs) being president until now. (laughs) Like that's, (laughs) that's a term, that's term limits. That's what, that's what would happen.
2: Like. One of the frightening things about the, about Watchmen was the idea of Richard Nixon still being president in
1: 1985. Yeah. I mean, that's the, that was the, that's, that's the thing. Like with term, like we have term limits for president and it's worked out, you know, (laughs) (laughs) pretty well yeah pretty well like for the most part and we get different ideas and different ways of doing things and it progresses the the country we get we get new um ideas about the supreme court or the ways to uh, administer laws some of them good and some of them bad but we get new ideas and more people have been president like there could have been a a person that was president for 50 years. You know, like JFK, if he wasn't killed and there was no and there was no term limit, he could conceivably have been president until the 80s. Like
0: <laughs> Well, you know, there's kind of two two business models in the in in the business world and one is you get employees, you train them up real good, they learn all about your business. They give them profit sharing and they stay with you forever. And, you know, the value of the companies and the employees. Then there's the other business model where you just churn people. You bring in new grads, you train them how you want them, but they escape, you know, two mm-hmm. or three years after. And that's, you know, it's a high training cost because you keep training people over and over again. But you get a lot of new ideas and you have a lot of um, momentum from it. they mm-hmm. considered fast companies and so what you're saying is you'd like government to be more like one of those fast companies no not the companies that have the built-in knowledge base but companies that have churn and
1: and new ideas
0: coming so not not, quite that far
1: no i'm saying i was i'm actually saying that we should have companies like like i i think we should have companies like the first example
0: where they, they keep the people they invest in them they train them yeah, and they hold on to them for, and they yeah.
1: hold on to them, but then like eventually, like they leave. Yeah. Well, I want them to leave because then the people that they've trained and that that are ready to take over those those management jobs, what are they going to do? I mean, that's the that's one of the issues with people with jobs like over the past like decade or two, because um, the people they're like working into their seventies, and they won't leave. And then the people, like other people that want to move up in the company, they're like, well, I want to progress my career, so I'm going to bounce so I can go someplace else. And the, the people that are still there and still working, there's less innovation and there's there's less passing on of institutional knowledge.
0: So what do you do with people like me? I still want to work.
1: Well, that's good. Just, go work someplace you, else. <laughs> 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 I mean, I mean the the. I mean, well, here's the thing: <clears throat> if you still want to work, that's that's fine. Then we should have a system that allows you to work where you want to work. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, maybe may or maybe a a better system of
0: of retirement. Go to part time. Yeah. yeah, go to part time
1: like maybe we should be giving you money so you don't have to work
0: <laughs> like some some I wouldn't people, work as much fair enough i would yeah. you know you give me a stipend i go okay i'll be in 2 yeah. hours a day <laughs>
1: exactly like if you like i'm not saying like i don't like age, age like age limits um but the the fact that you have a uh, that you have places where young people are trying to move up in that specific company. They like where they work. They want to work there, but the benefits aren't there. And because they're the company's being cheap and they don't want to return, retain their workers and the people at the top, they won't retire even though they can because, you know, or they can't because they don't have the money to retire. Like, if I was working in a company right now, I wouldn't be able to retire. Like, I'd be working until my 80s because I don't have any money because we don't have pensions. We don't have, like, so... That's the I think that translates into politics like you you have these people that are really trying to make a difference. You have these people in state houses and um, mayors and governors that are really trying to make a difference, and they they're bringing new ideas and new ways of doing things to the table, and they'll never get into the Senate or the House or the presidency because all these people in their 70s and 80s are running for for president and because they've had they have such a long history and they have su- and they've built up such power bases then the the younger people that are trying to to move up they don't have a chance so i'm saying level the playing field a little bit let the, let people that want to work in politics work for like 20 years i think 20 years I'm not saying like two terms. I'm saying I'm thinking like twenty years for for someone in the House or the Senate, and then and then they move on. They they have a good stipend. They have a pension that they can definitely live on. So, anyway, we've talked about this for a while.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and Anytime we, we get on up- this
1: on onto onto this topic, I I just go off.
2: And, Sue, and we Sue are coming a, up onto yeah. the half halfway break <laughs> in the show, but I, well, and like Sue, this is how this is one of the problems with uh, American business practices, and with uh, you know the the classic economic understanding of supply and demand. It's like, oh well, you know, uh, this this person is a high, is a trained worker who's good at their job. You know, there aren't that many of those, so the the, the supply is limited. So we should pay more for this person. And companies are like. Yeah, we could do that, or we could boot them out on their butt, and then uh, bring in uh, a new person who we train up. And yeah, they won't be as good, but oh my gosh, they'll be so much cheaper. Oh, the savings! And and and, you know, because everybody's doing that, that means the 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 whole labor market is depressed, is undervalued because people don't want to pay in this area. Right.
0: Right.
1: And then people have to have side hustles because the play, the places that they want to work full time won't pay them enough and won't and won't give enough benefits and won't and don't have pensions or anything. So they can't just stay. Because yeah. if there is pensions still, people yeah. would just stay in their jobs and they would work and they would learn and then they would move up. That's that's how it would be. And then people who needed jobs, when those people moved up, they could come in at the bottom and work up again. Like that's that's how you retain workers and how you have institutional knowledge.
0: That's how it was in the 50s. But you yeah. have to
2: accept raise, rising labor costs and you also have to accept like a lessening of managerial dominance because the whole point of having a more experienced employee is you're promoting them and they know this stuff. So you got to give them some latitude. Mm -hmm. And I think there's one thing about American uh, labor management that I've seen. uh, And admittedly, my experience is limited, but it really seems to be about as much as anything about like grinding people down and keeping them in their place, because, you know, you don't want them to get all uppity and demanding to be treated like people and paid properly and maybe having healthcare that's independent of whether or not uh, of their employment status and so forth. So.
0: Yeah. I think it depends on the industry. Well, like that's true, stores, of course, yeah. You know, high I tech, have, you know, sometimes I've worked they're a lot of treated retail. like
2: stars. I've worked a lot of retail and I've worked some in finance. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, oh, and we oh, yeah. actually We should stop. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we are at the halfway point. We're going to take a short break, play some PSAs, promos, and station IDs. But we'll be back with more civil politics in just a couple of minutes here on civil politics. Uh, so on um, Valley free radio. So don't go away. We'll be right back. Table of contents is a weekly music program that assembles an assortment of songs and sounds of many genres and which may entail literally taking a random collection of musical sources off the shelf and giving them a turn on the table or spin in the CD or tape player each week presenting shows, which can at times be organized
0: orderly and at other times perhaps be not as much. So yet never dull. Tune in Friday nights 10 p.m. till midnight on WXOJ LP Northampton 103.3 FM.
1: There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects with household cleaning spray. For more information, visit cdc.gov slash COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and this station.
0: Hey, this is Wendy, host of Valley Free Radio's subculture music program featuring
1: new wave, post-punk, indie, and electronic music from the 70s to today. Join me every Friday night from 8 to 10 p.m. here on WXOJ or stream it live from your favorite listening device at valleyfreeradio.org.
0: Join me for Evidence-Based Radio, Friday nights from 6 to 7 p.m. to learn more about science and skepticism. You can email questions or topic requests to evidencebasedradio at gmail.com. That's Friday nights from 6 to 7 on Valley Free Radio.
2: And we're back with civil politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP.com. 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. I'm still Michael Dow, and I'm still joined by John Robertson, Sue Timberlake. And we're talking about, uh, well, I think we should uh, switch gears a bit. Interesting as uh, uh, talking about t- politics and term limits and, and uh, ho- who should hold office and whatnot is. Uh, did you guys see the uh, fascinating uh, press conference that the uh, State Attorney General of New York uh, held this morning, where she announced that they are attempting to uh, uh, they, they are beginning legal proceedings against the National Rifle Association with the aim of dissolving the organization entirely because of decades of criminal financial mismanagement. Uh, basically saying that it they're engaged in like systemic fraud. Uh, and abuse of their membership and wasting of, re- of their resources and donations, you know, spending charitable donation money on, you know, nice suits for Wayne LaPierre and family vacations and golf memberships and things like that.
1: I didn't see the press conference, but I definitely saw the, uh, the attorney general's, um, tweet, like, uh, her tweet thread, um, about that I, and the attorney general uh leticia
2: james by the way uh, that's your name um, okay thanks i i missed the name and i missed the um uh i missed the tweet thread
0: so that's something we're i'll post
2: forward. that on uh yeah, yeah in our show notes here
0: good idea the state of New York
2: can because it's a nonprofit corporation incorporated in New York. That could be, but they'd have to form a new corporation. They'd have to, they can't just sort of say hop, skip and jump over because that's one of the, you know, that's one of the limitations of uh, having divided sovereignty And some things, many things, being reserved for states. So it's like, oh well, you're a nonprofit in the state, and sure, you can operate all across the country. But nevertheless, you are still incorporated in that particular state, and you know you can't just say, well, all right, we're going to move to to Delaware or wherever, and New York can't say anything about it. It's like, yeah, they can.
1: Uh, The NRA (laughs) getting the advantages
2: of. Of, of being a New York corporation. So that means you also have the problems.
1: The NRA is a 501c4. Um, yeah, yeah, because I mean, the, they,
2: they, they do political advocacy.
1: Yeah, but the NRA Foundation is a 501c3. Uh, yeah,
2: that's pretty a, much all these 501c4s do that. I mean, I used to canvass for the Clean Water Action, which was a 501c4, but there was the Clean Water Fund as well which was a associated nonprofit, and if people really wanted to support us but didn't want to make or wanted to make a tax deductible donation, then they could do that, you know. And that that worked on like advocacy and uh, uh, you know getting people out to spread the word and uh, uh, raising awareness and doing research and things like that. But you know, Clean Water Action was all about political action, so. It's kind of like a, yeah, right, if you really want to. And the NRA is the same in that respect. So
1: uh, just, to, just to make sure that there's a definition, 501c4 organization like the NRA is allowed to engage in political lobbying and advocacy, but this cannot be its main activity, and it must be related to the, the group's primary mission and the issue upon which its tax exemption is based. That is according to the IRS. So uh yeah that's a 501c4 and that's what they have to do they really towed a line on that
2: <laughs> mm-hmm
1: it it was. I was uh the the NRA in the 70s and 60s were um they were focused I mean, they more on They were founded on, in the
2: 20s, weren't they? So they've been around for a while. Yeah,
1: they were focused on sportsmanship, conservation and uh and proper gun use. They had uh, uh te- they they funded teaching and uh seminars and stuff. They made they they were really focused on people having safe gun use. And uh, they were actually in favor of some regulation on on guns because they were like, people should have we we like guns, but they didn't focus at all on guns personal protection. <laughs> they didn't focus at all on personal protection, which they do now, and that's and that changed in 1977 with something called the revolt at Cincinnati or the Cincinnati coup, uh, where uh the basically the old guard of the um nra was forced out and a new guard came in basically it was a hostile takeover and the uh and they switched uh their focus from sportsmanship to personal protection and um a fervent uh uh, protection of the um second amendment like specifically the bear the keeping bear arms part of it
2: uh so the nra is the only organization with half an amendment
1: <laughs> so i'll be i'll post that wikipedia thing in um in the show notes uh by the way you can see what we're talking about i always post uh show notes in the description um of the podcast on our website when the show is is posted on mondays
0: Well that's very interesting about the NRA, so we'll see if they're successful. I hope so.
2: Well, it'll take years regardless, because the NRA is gonna absolutely fight to the death. Oh God, yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But it's great that they're exposing the corruption at the top, because you know, I kinda suspected that. I'm I don't believe I'm a member of the NRA, but as you guys know, I do have a license to carry and um, do all the good things with guns that you're supposed to do and be safe. But um, interesting. So, yeah. They, Timberlake. They've, just Timberlake. <laughs> <laughs> they've just become Timberlake. They've just become too sorry? powerful.
1: And he was, he was saying like your name, like James Bond. Yeah.
0: Oh, <laughs> so
1: I mean, clearly like, you have a 22, right? Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> um, the NRA has become so powerful and so controlling that limiting its ability and its influence is uh i think i think very important and i'm glad that they're announcing this now uh yep. so they so the democrats can actually use this uh in in advertisements you know like for the election like the like you know it might not convert uh, conservatives over but they but it'll help like shore up the base so that's well
0: if nra is fighting a um, a lawsuit and maybe their attention will be elsewhere yeah you know if they're fighting a lawsuit for their survival they won't spend so much money on all the political ads and stuff yeah that they they spend well, on but yeah that's that's horrifying that those leaders were embezzling money, or at least that's the allegation, right? Not proven yet, but
2: yeah, the allegation. I mean, effectively, yes. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's exactly embezzling or just misappropriate fraud. I, I don't know what the legal terms are, but yeah, like like treating it like a personal piggy bank. Yeah, yeah. and that's. Uh, yeah, and and I've been hearing about this for a while, so it's, I, I, I'm glad that the, uh, New York attorney general's, uh, pursuing this, this criminal action, but I'd also been hearing for, uh, like about the past year that there are concerns that the NRA was, you know, we're going to run out of money. So yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. yeah,
1: they were, um, there was a huge legal battle with them and the people that produce NRA TV, uh, that like overpayments and, and everything, I think, the, uh, the some of the leadership got kicked out or left because uh, oh. because of that. Um, so uh, one one thing that's really interesting about this, I saw it trending. I saw the NRA trending. I was like, "What's this?" And I saw the, what happened. And then also, uh, the Clinton Foundation was trending because oh, no. <laughs> pretty much immediately, people that supported the NRA went. What about the Clinton administration? The the Clinton Foundation? Why aren't you investigating them? You know, and it was really fascinating to think about like your organization, like it's being accused of embezzling. You want to talk about that? You want to <laughs> like you want to? Yeah, I guess not. You know, and, but it, you just they just went immediately to to whataboutism, and
0: yeah.
1: especially since the Clinton administration or Clinton the Clinton. Wishful thinking. The Clinton, um, <laughs> the Clinton Foundation, ha- does not have the amount of power that the NRA does. It's just
2: like, and, and also, it has been investigated.
1: It has, it has been investigated. That's the thing. Like, and I wonder where
0: they're incorporated. Do you think it's New York? Because that's where the um, I would think isn't so. It, yeah, it was in. Um, I remember when they occupied a building there. The well, they, they, they made a big. He had
2: an office in Harlem, but uh, Bill and Harlem. Hillary lived in Chappaqua. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: So which New York, is probably I, New I, York.
2: I've been there, and that's a it's a, a nice upscale, you know, suburbany kind of town. So
1: you've been to there their house?
2: i one, C three, not to their house. I've oh. been to the town. <laughs> um. I had a friend who's I had a friend uh, who lived there. her father, her father was a uh, professor at Cornell, uh, not Cornell, Columbia.
0: They you know, are based started, in New
2: York, the Clinton okay. Foundation.
0: So yeah, they've had the same the same scrutiny. So it, we talk, We the, started by talking about political ads, and I just have to remind people of the ad when Hillary was running for president, and they showed their house, and she she was getting picked up in the limousine, and Bill came out with an apron on and chased her up the street with her lunch because he'd made her lunch. Do you remember that ad? I don't know. No, if
2: that ad. I don't. Was it actually <laughs> that?
0: Yeah, it was very sweet. Yeah, it was just a little, you know, what what does a power couple do when one of them's running for president? And Man. he ran up the street after her with a brown paper bag lunch. So anyway.
2: Yeah, I'm not I sure I trust effective. any food that Bill Clinton cooked, but yeah, okay.
0: He's <laughs> just... hamburgers from McDonald's. What are you talking about?
2: Exactly. Oh God. <laughs> but, uh, well, one of the reasons why I really don't like the National Rifle Association is that they have led the charge in opposing uh, government funding to study the effects of gun violence. And particularly, the yeah. Centers for Disease Control was saying, like, you know, we seem to have a problem with firearms death. There are an awful lot of Americans die of gun violence, certainly, especially in comparison to other nations with comparable levels of, uh, uh, you know, economics and social. Uh, 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 affluence and so forth. So, uh, maybe that's a problem. Maybe we should be looking at a public health crisis here and the NRAs all, uh, heavily opposed that. And, yeah, uh, data,
0: data is good. I just want to say out loud. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And it was prohibited. It was forbidden. Same thing with yeah. marijuana. You couldn't yeah. study it. Yeah.
2: And well,
0: their, their so,
1: funding is, is prohibited. They, they can study it. They just don't have the funding to do it. I think.
2: Yeah. Yeah, which is kind of potato-potato. Mm. But the did you guys see that uh, the governor of Michigan has declared racism to be a public health crisis in her state? Uh, Gretchen Whit- 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 Whitmer? Whitmer.
1: <clears throat> Big Gretch.
2: Yeah. Right, Big yeah, Gretch. Interesting. He has a theme song. Yeah, I saw uh, the lieutenant governor of Michigan talking about it uh, on the news just before we started uh, yeah. doing our show. Governor Siz- uh, <laughs> Sizzleck,
1: um from Nevada has has said the same thing. Yeah, cool.
0: Lieutenant Governor. So, cool. um, so who do you think Biden's going to pick? Do you think he's going to pick this week? Do we know? I, maybe by the time we're on the air, um, he's Friday. He's picking next week. I oh, was, was going to say, I,
2: I think he's going to wait until after the Republicans do their convention, or maybe during their convention to sort of try and undercut some do, of Trump's...
0: Build this under. Yeah.
2: yeah, he's not going to wait till after the Democratic convention. Not after the Democratic, but... The Republican convention because the Republicans are doing their thing first, no. and they and since they're not having cameras in there, it's probably be pretty easy to co-opt a lot of press coverage.
1: Mike, the the Democratic convention is on the seventeenth; the Republicans on the twenty
2: fourth. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. you have to do yeah. it before the, the convention. Um, that oh, that's, that's a the, switch.
1: Well, no the, the in the 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 thing that is expected is that the party and power um, it, it goes second.
2: Oh really? I mm-hmm. thought it was. Uh, I thought it tended to just be that the uh, the Republicans would go first, and the Democrats would go no, second.
1: No, uh, whoever is in power goes second. Oh, so the okay. Democrats, uh, the Democrats are doing theirs on the seventeenth uh, to the twentieth to the twentieth, and the Republicans are doing it from the twenty fourth until the twenty seventh. So we are going to – we're probably going to see – and he did say that he was going to do it the first week in August, but they – he has said that it's probably going to be the second week now. And it's probably, probably going to be sometime mid or late next week because then they can ride through the weekend, have the have the VP pick, go on all the Sunday shows, Saturday shows, whatever, and then go into the convention uh, and have their virtual convention because – Biden, uh, Biden is not going to Cincinnati, I think, or M- Milwaukee, Milwaukee. Uh, Biden isn't going to Milwaukee to make a speech. He's he's going to have a virtual suite, speech from Delaware. Um, this is going to
0: be so strange.
1: Yeah. I wonder but, what all the delegates yeah. are thinking. I don't know. They're I probably they're prob- like, I'm glad I'm not going to a crowded place because I don't want to get covid
2: <laughs> yeah probably i'd but, be
1: happy
0: people love the conventions those are so you know uh, they're really fun the conventions I mean, I are fun one,
2: but-, but you know gasping for breath in an icu isn't so you know <laughs> <laughs> it's well, when like, you
0: put it that way
2: exactly uh and to answer your first question uh i want him to pick elizabeth warren because i think she's great but uh i i two oldsters i suspect he's gonna pick kamala harris I'm hoping. Uh, I'm still hoping Tammy Duckworth. I, dark horse, sure. I, but uh, I I think she's great. But I there, there's been stuff that's been sort of leaked out. Oh. Like there was that press statement. Oh. Uh, it's like, oh, this was just sort of a dummy, you know, uh, a mock up getting ready for if he does pick her. But there was also uh, yeah. a photo of him at one point holding like a handwritten checklist of you know talking
0: Kamala Harris yeah
2: I saw that so the photographer picked it off and I mean some of that might just be them deliberately trying to test the waters and see what people say
0: Mm -hmm. I think you call that I think
1: it could been a trial balloon it could also be that he has a a list like that for everyone and they just caught the Kamala Harris one
0: yeah, because he has to talk to all of them again, I think right yeah. that's what they were saying. maybe week. it was
1: a practice thing yeah I mean it could have it could have been deliberate um, or it wouldn't could be just surprised be like, if kind he of took,
2: a doddering old man.
1: yeah I mean he <laughs> he could uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he picked Kamala um, I'm it there's a there's an argument for having an attorney general as the as the VP pick. Um, and there's an argument against Four would be showing that you are still supporting the police, even though like you're saying we should refund them and uh, or defund them and put that stuff ever other places. Like he was saying um, he's for like slightly diff- like moving funds to community-based policing or something like that. But having a, an AG as your vice president, like picking one would, would say like, yeah, but I still, I'm still Law and Order. I still like Law and Order and everything, you know.
0: Yeah, stay the you know. course. Kind
1: but of. on the other hand, his like a lot of people in his base are going to be all all pissed off <laughs> because yeah, a cop. So, yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it de- it depends on how many votes that she loses and how many votes she wins. And the the main rule for picking a VP is uh, do no harm. Like, you pick someone that won't hurt you. It would be, it's gravy if they help you.
0: Well, you know, she's probably one of the more vetted folks because of, you know, she ran for statewide office in yeah. California, AG, you know, held executive positions and yeah. also as a senator. I mean, she she probably can stand up to scrutiny better than most of them, or at least I heard somebody say that on one of the uh, news shows. You know, when you think about that, it's going to be a little grueling. hmm. And um, was it somebody baths who said something about Cuba and that Karen was Bass, all over yeah. the press. Yeah. All last week, you know, that yeah. stuff uh, can, it can hurt you a little bit as a, uh, you mm-hmm. know, hurt the presidential candidate. She certainly could be an attack dog.
1: She would be great
2: as that. Um, Pence and, wouldn't yeah. even want
0: to be on the same stage with her. Oh, she would sure.
2: destroy Pence. Yeah. yeah. Well, Plus, you know, I mean, he can't be alone with a woman who's not his wife
0: that uh, <laughs> womp womp um yeah. so uh well, yeah benson, i I'm, benson destroyed quail but it didn't change the outcome
1: yeah well that's like that's a low bar right there
0: right but you know they <laughs> i mean he really destroyed him <laughs> yes yeah but it didn't change you know I, sometimes i remember watching
2: the, that debate in the dorm tv lounge at my college I was oh, you
0: baby. Fresh, <laughs> I was a
2: freshman in college that year, and I, I was watching that, and I just remember that everybody, we were all like, whoa. You know, we thought it was a really good burn. So, Yeah, yeah it
0: was a good burn. I, Jack Kennedy, you're no, I knew Jack Kennedy.
2: You're no Jack Kennedy, yeah. Oh, that was in yeah. the Quill debate? Yes, yeah. that was Lloyd Oh, Benson. I thought that was on the floor <laughs> of the
1: Senate for some reason.
2: No, that was I Lloyd Benson. Know. Kicking uh, uh, Dan Quayle Jeez, for the curve Yeah, that was in, that in was harsh. Debate. It was. Yeah, and it was and, well delivered too. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah that, clearly, that one was practiced. So, yeah. um, I, I I was amazed, but I, I quail compared. Well, wherever that's old news. What are you gonna What do you want to say, John? Or?
1: Oh, I was just gonna um, say, uh, um, with just a few minutes left. Um, I I would. I have like. I'd, I'd like to know like what, which uh, candidates that for VP you, you guys would be uh, pre, your prefer your preference, not who you expect, but your preference.
0: Amy Klobuchar. Okay. If you guys if you're going to have to win, at least you know win with her.
1: Okay, uh, Mike. but that's
0: because I'm conservative. Well,
1: <laughs> you don't want a unity ticket. He <laughs> wouldn't un- like a Republican.
0: Well, yeah, that would be fun. She could pick Romney. <laughs> oh God! <laughs> uh, I like Chris Christie. That would blow Trump's brains out. Trump would oh, explode blow. if they I, if uh, if Biden picked Chris Christie. That would be fun. That oh, would geez. be worth watching. That yeah. would be worth watching. Jesus Christ,
2: Mike! What do you what do you think? <laughs> well. Uh, as i mentioned earlier i'm a i'm a big supporter of elizabeth warren and having her be vice president uh appeals to me because not only would it position her in in four years to to run because i don't think mr biden will be up for it in four years it also um like i have real concerns about his mental acuity so having someone i think would be a really good at at, at doing the job of president there serving as vice president to pick up the load uh, really appeals to me, and and she would be my top choice. But um, I I don't think he would will pick Elizabeth Warren. I, I I think the only person he'd be less likely to pick would be Bernie Sanders. Um, so by, I, the,
0: by the way, I, did you see the Jay Flightman um, opinion in the Gazette today? No, I didn't. You know. We had him on the show, if you guys remember, local Republican, and I do um, recall what so, was his opinion. Yeah. So his opinion was about Biden, and he was just listing all the problems where he has cognitive deficits and expressing yep. concern as a good Republican will do. So, but I, I just thought it was interesting that the, that the Gazette ran it.
2: I I, I share those yeah. concerns. They are I they, they are founded, uh, you know. But I mean, if if one wishes to go down that road again, it's like, well, which Old white guy with cognitive decline, do you want? The one who's, (laughs) you know, Joe Biden or Donald Trump? Because even along that yardstick, Biden is a clearly better choice. Sadly, but truly.
0: Yeah, I just think Biden's going to go along with the powers that be and we'll just be back where we were. Yes. You know, sort of the military industrial complex. And if if, you you recall,
2: if you recall, I've been suggesting. I've been suggesting yeah. for some time that his campaign slogan should be out of the fire, back into the frying pan, because <laughs> I think that's really what he is. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. But uh, Kamala Harris and Tammy Duckworth would be great choices. Uh,
1: I would so love a, a, a VP pick that, is, uh, that, that uh, is, has a disability. That would be great.
0: Oh, so my Tammy God, Duckworth? Yeah. Yes. Tammy Duckworth. Yeah, She's very smart. Oh my goodness, she's really something, Tammy Duckworth. Yeah. Right. And, and, and again, and, the uh, idea
2: of Tammy Duckworth being positioned to run for president in four years—yes, yes. that would be, you know, uh, you know, the the first, the, the second disabled president we'd have. That'd be great.
1: And she's not black, so she wouldn't
2: scare people. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, she's Hawaiian, you know, right?
0: Isn't she Hawaiian, native? Uh, Hawaiian,
2: Taiwanese, Taiwanese, uh, uh, Taiwanese. Uh, and she's uh Thai, I thought but re- regardless she's Jeez. survived uh, a helicopter crash and served in war so she scares the hell out of me <laughs>
0: <laughs> anyway love, love, love a woman in uniform Mike is that what you're saying love a woman in uniform
2: I, I do but you
0: know
1: <laughs> alright so thank you everybody for listening to <laughs> Civil Politics uh, we're, we're gonna yeah, we're- have uh, shows afterwards and <laughs>
2: Yeah, we've got Subculture followed by Table of Contents and OK Asia following us up to take you uh, into tomorrow with great music. And uh, yeah, we do have a podcast of this show that'll be uploaded to the various streaming sites probably over the weekend. Uh, An encore presentation Mondays at 4 p.m. And yeah, we've got to go. So thank you all for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. We'll be back next week. Good night. Civil Politics is a member of the Planetside Podcast Network. To learn more, go to planetsidepodcasts.com.